This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. hear me for some reason for some reason that intro went on for ages and i don't know why maybe i was sitting here awkwardly looking at the camera and you had and i had no idea sometimes Streamyard really likes to screw me over with my intros and it did there it did indeed but anyway good morning hope you're doing well hope you're doing good and enjoying uh what is being a week of reflection uh a week of hopefully looking forward to a chance of redemption uh on saturday fingers crossed anyway because we really need that win we really, really, really do. And uh, it's going to be a game that so it does kind of show you what's what's going to be feasible and possible this season. Um, so nerves, excitement, uh, anxiousness, all of the above uh, are certainly applying as we hit two days before kickoff. Uh, it's, I'm still so angry um, about this situation. I'm still really angry inside. And actually, I had a really good chat yesterday with Turkish about kind of the Arsenal situation. If you haven't checked it out already, please make sure you do. It wasn't um, it wasn't negative. It was really quite constructive. It was actually it went, it didn't actually go the way I don't know why what way I thought it was going to go, um, but it was a really good conversation, and we ended up agreeing on a, on a lot of things. So check it out. It's a really good watch, really good listen, and uh, let us know your thoughts in the comment section of the video if you do indeed enjoy it maybe it's changed your mind uh, about a few things matt good morning to you uh, good morning to paul sartvik good morning to stevie to guna taj uh, tony simon canoe uh, paul good morning guys uh, simon jose uh, medi jermaine tulip steve rahil good morning to all of you to rob and marcus and martin and bismarck uh, bismarck ops uh, in there as well blackshine good morning harrison Good morning, guys, as always. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing good uh, and enjoying your week so far. The weather in the UK, has got, I've got to say, has been pretty darn good. Um, pretty good indeed. Uh, managed to get the car polished. That's right, but clean, polished, because I'm in the process of going to, you know, I've got to try and move it on because, you know, I, I, as a 27-year-old, I can't really have a little Vauxhall Corsa anymore. I'm a bit old for a little boy racer. It's time to move on to an adult car. Uh, so new car at the end of the month is uh, is coming. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, 
27-year-old driving around a little black Vauxhall Corsa Turbo is not, <laughs> it's not the greatest of looks in the world. Um, so that's going to be changing very, very soon. Um, yeah, but enjoy the weather while it's out there and while you can, because you never know when it's going to disappear in the UK, that's for sure. Do make sure that you go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. And uh, you'll be able to check out a show of me and Bailey at 10 a.m. this morning talking even more about Arsenal and plenty of reaction to that Granite Xhaka interview that we're going to touch upon in just a moment. Thank you to the really kind comments left on yesterday's show um, with me in Turkish. Thank you to the modern Guna, to Rahan, to Michael, to Shiro and to Dersh. Really appreciate your kind comments uh, in the comment section. We try and highlight some positive thoughts every single day to focus on the good stuff that's still being said in the Arsenal fan base. Now we kick off with some unfortunate bad news uh, with Jordan Osei Tutu um, who can't catch a break. Uh, really, really Really upsetting story, this. Uh, another injury for him. Uh, he scored, of course, the equaliser in the Papa John's Trophy final at Wembley. And eventually they won uh, in extra time and penalties uh, in the end. But it's a real shame because this is a kid who had so much talent coming through the Arsenal Academy. Went to Bochum in Germany and did really well. Went to Cardiff and it was expected he'd push on again, but got injured. Now he's at Rotherham and has got injured again. Um, he can't catch a break right now and uh, it could end his season. It wouldn't be surprising if it did, but we will let, um, we'll have to let this run and, and see how it works. But we wish him the absolute best once again and hope that he can come back stronger than ever. Uh, now, a really interesting bit of news is that Lino or Lino, 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 Souza uh, has been training with the first team squads. Uh, he signed for Arsenal in January uh, as a 17-year-old under 18 slash under 23s left back. You know the situation with Arsenal's left back right now, Nuno Tavares. It's not going well. It's 17 years of age still. He made his debut in the under 23s at age 16. He's a very, very interesting player that I want to learn more about and I'm going to endeavour to try and learn more about um, because he's a very, very intriguing talent. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, I look forward to seeing if this is something that gets him onto the bench. At the moment, uh, Mazida Gungbo has been playing, or not playing, but sitting on the bench for Arsenal right now. But perhaps Lino Souza is catching the eye of Mikel Arteta and impressing to a level that he feels, who knows, maybe we've got another special talent at left back on our hands. We'll have to wait and see. But a very interesting one to see him training with the first team squad. Someone who wasn't training with the first team squad, though, was Alexandre Lacazette. Supposedly not spotted in training yesterday. Uh, we need confirmation on this. Mikel Arteta's press conference is tomorrow morning. Whether or not Lacazette will be involved, we're going to have to wait and see. Not scored in 18 games from open play. Uh, all the way back in that game against Southampton was his open play last goal. And uh, look, I don't want him out because, you know, he could still come off the bench and be an asset. I don't necessarily want him starting right now. I think he needs to be taken up the limelight. But, you know, an injury is still not going to be all that positive for Arsenal. So hopefully if there is an injury or an issue, it's not too serious. Um, now, this is a really good story. Uh, and I encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and watch uh, the... The interview of Granite Xhaka on the Players' Tribune that came out yesterday. Uh, you should be able to find out. I mean, if you type in Granite Xhaka onto YouTube, it should come up. But it's on the Players' Tribune. Uh, he talks a lot about the abuse he suffered. He talks a lot about that day against Crystal Palace. There were some things during the interview that I found really hard-hitting. And other things that I, if I speak honestly, I found frustrating as well. Um, and me and Turkish talked about this yesterday as well. 
I really thought that the way in which he spoke about the incident at Palace was good, you know, uh, talking and, and being very open and honest about uh, about the situation. I've always respected players when they kind of talk in a more grounded fashion. Now, we don't swear on the channel, really. Well, Harry does. <laughs> um but not because I'm against it, but because, you know, if there's, if you listen to the show of your family, you know, you don't want swearing necessarily, but uh, I certainly try not to. But that's not to say that I think swearing is a bad thing when talking just, you know, brashly about certain situations if it's not directed towards anyone else. And when you see like a footballer having a conversation where they're swearing or where they're talking brashly, you know, it, it is, it comes across very honest to me um, and very kind of, you know, down to my kind of level. And it was very, very good great to see him speak again like that about the situation now the frustration for me came towards the end of the video where he started talking about the cards that he receives and the way in which he plays and some of the mistakes and I thought it was an opportunity to maybe take ownership in a sense of some of those errors I know that's his game I know that's the way he plays but what you want to see is you know you want to see some accountability at times you want to see someone turn around and be like look I hold my hands up I've made mistakes and for all the time I'm here, I'm going to play to my absolute utmost and try not to make those crucial errors. Because let's be real, pulling Bernardo Silva's shirt in the box against Man City to concede a penalty, despite whatever you think about whether it was enough to give away a penalty or not, you know, it's a risk. It's a mistake that's cost us in that game. It's it's things like that, which, you know, I got frustrated that there was no accountability and it kind of was passing the blame of everything elsewhere and that this is just me, deal with it or move on. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I prefer reflection. I prefer someone taking ownership of their errors. That was the part that frustrated me. But the first section certainly was a powerful one. And I know I speak for everybody, or I hope at least I do, that I say that, you know, we're against this abuse. We're against him being called this and that and these horrible things being said to his family. It's abhorrent and it's wrong. And we all know that. But yeah, the, the last bit was a, a little bit of a frustrating one. So, uh We'll see. We'll see what happens with Xhaka between now and the end of his Arsenal career. He said he wants to stay until he achieves something special. I hope that that's soon. Um, not because it means he would leave, um, but because it means Arsenal would achieve something special. Whatever that might be, we'll wait and see. But, uh, you know, I think that he's a misunderstood footballer, an underrated footballer, and, you know, still someone that needs to improve in plenty of areas and has been an asset to us this last couple of seasons. But if it is a it is a situation where we can upgrade, I'm never going to be against the idea of upgrading on anyone because it means that we can improve the squad. Uh, our next story is that Scamacca, uh, Italian striker playing for Sassuolo, has signed a new contract. So anyone hoping to see Scamacca join Arsenal, unfortunately, uh, it's unlikely this will take place now after he has now signed a new deal with the Italian club. Unsurprising, as we know, Italian players tend to stay in Italy and Scamacca will certainly be doing that this summer. Uh, now, this is an interesting player that I know genuinely nothing about. Actor Cog uh, Actor Coglu, uh, I think is the way you pronounce it. Actor Coglu. It's probably different. Um, please tell me in the chat box if you've got a phonetic spelling so I can try and give it my best shot of pronunciation. Um, but he's being linked, according to Turkish media, to Arsenal. Uh, he's so far got eight goals and six assists in 31 games, uh, 11 goals and 10 assists across all competitions. Typically plays... Uh, on the left wing uh, for Galatasaray, but can play across the front three positions, can play right wing, can play as a second striker or as a centre forward if you need him to. Uh, hasn't really played centrally all that much. In fact, only two games so far this season he's played in a central position. 
mainly on the left, 36 games, eight games on the right. Have not seen him play. 23 years of age. Contract uh, runs out. Just doing a quick check on transfer marked in 2026. So he only signed a new deal last season. So he's going to cost, you think, an extended amount. He's worth 13.5 million according to transfer marks, although I imagine his genuine market value would be higher than that. We'll see with this one. I know nothing. But once again, Arsenal being linked to a wide player. Uh, it's not the first. It won't be the last. We've now had, you know, Arthur Koglu. Uh, we've got Cody Gakpo, Noah Lang. We've been linked to a number of wide players. And Asensio, of course, as well. It hints towards Arsenal pushing for a player in that role. I have nothing against this. I think it's a position that Arsenal would be good to kind of strengthen and add some versatility to. So we will wait and see what happens. Uh, let's move on to our penultimate story of the day. And Lucas Paqueta, uh, the PSG links with Paqueta are cooling, uh, it's been said, according to French media. And Lee Ryder of the Chronicle yesterday, who is a Newcastle writer, wrote a story about how Arsenal and Newcastle again may compete for another Leon midfielder. Of course, Newcastle signed Bruno Guimaraes, despite my anger uh, <laughs> about that deal, because it was certainly a player that would have improved Arsenal, in my view, to no end. Paqueta, very good friend of Bruno Guimaraes, compatriot in the Brazilian national side. Uh, Newcastle are also said to want him too. And Lee Ryder reported that it could be that Arsenal and uh, Newcastle again go head-to-head. -head. I don't know whether how strong Arsenal's interest in Paqueta is, but if it is significantly strong, they should push. And they should look to push to try and sign him to uh, the club because he is a really, really strong talent that would certainly add plenty of quality to the Arsenal attacking part of their midfield. And he's versatile enough to play as kind of that false nine if you ever needed him to as well. Really versatile central player that can play in a really advanced position, can even play in central midfield. Lots of potential there, lots of quality too. And he'll be doing certainly something to try and knock West Ham out of the Europa League uh, on Thursday. So let's I'll be watching that with plenty of interest. But Reese says he'd rather have Maxon Skakare, who only has a year left, I think, on his current deal with Leon. So that'll be one to watch in the summer about where he could also move on. And our final story of the day, we return. Un yeah, I think this is a little bit unsuspecting because the last time we talked about Patrick Schick, we were talking about the Bayer Leverkusen hierarchy saying that he is not for sale. He will not be moving anywhere. Nowhere. He's going to stay in Germany with Bayer Leverkusen. However, uh, according to Sport Builds, Bayer Leverkusen have raised their asking price for Schick. And he would now cost a total 70 million euros, about 58 million pounds. In my view, that is a, you know, it's probably about what he's worth, to be honest. 58 million pounds, considering his goal scoring record in the Bundesliga this season and the the age that he's at, the contract that he has, the development that he's gone under. £58 million pounds is a lot of money. It's about what Arsenal, I think, will have to pay for whoever they want as their main striker in the summer, around the £50 to £60 million pound mark. So it does fit in that bracket. I find it odd, though, that this report comes out just weeks after Bayer Leverkusen said that they would not be selling Patrick Schick in the summer. Who knows? Maybe that was a, a tactic to try and put off any kind of interest. Uh, with this new information coming out about the price that they would accept. So let's see of any changes that happens in the summer. Shit could yet move. Arsenal have been linked, uh, but not anywhere near as strongly to some of the other targets that we've been linked with in the past. Anyway, that completes today's news stories, which means we're going to move on to your questions in the chat box. If you indeed do have any, please throw them in now. We'll go through as many as we can. Drop a like on the window. On the window? Don't do it on the window. Do it on the video. Window? <laughs> 
<laughs> drop a like on the video and uh, it really does help out the channel so i really would appreciate that we will see you in just a second okay then let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are asking jasha and thank you jasha for your kind donations yesterday in the show with turkish um very much enjoyed your questions that you put forward um tom it seems arteta has accepted jacka's it's me deal with it behavior but is that right for him to be afforded that privilege where others haven't been I think I understand the question completely. I think there are differences, though. I think the difference between Xhaka's it's me deal with it behavior is on the pitch. And it's, you know, it's his hard tackling. It's his never say die attitude. It's his you're not getting past me unless I'm bringing you down. I think that is different to Matteo Genduz's immaturity. It's different to Aubameyang's disciplinary breaches. It's different. I think they are separate things. And the fact that Granit Xhaka has maintained absolute full focus and intense training has enabled him to be, you know, respected by Mikel Arteta and appreciated by Mikel Arteta. So I think that that difference is is quite clear. I hope that made sense the way I explained it. But I think it's because there's a solid difference in the in those actions. Um, in the behavioural differences between Xhaka and and the others. Xhaka's issues are certainly on pitch. Uh, off the pitch is where kind of they started to to differ between him, Genduzi, and Abamier. Uh Harry says, "Why have the David links called in my eyes? He would be the perfect Lacazette replacement, and would even be attainable without getting into the Champions League." I think that we're going to see interest and stories in certain players call and peak as we reach the summer transfer window because with Arsenal, we don't know where we're going to finish. What I can tell you is that Arsenal certainly have an interest in David. We know that. We know that right now. We know that Arsenal have him on a list of players that they are monitoring and looking at and that would be interested in signing perhaps in the summer. So if he is the player that you want, don't be disconcerted that you're not seeing regular links with him because he's not really being linked with a lot of teams right now. So we'll see. We'll wait, but I'm sure that something will crop up in the near future. Daz says, did you see the madness during the aftermatch between Man City and Atletico Madrid? What do you feel about that? I did. Look, I love drama. Everyone knows this. I love a little bit of drums. Uh, talked about this with Harry the other day. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that little scrap <laughs> at the end of the game. And, of course, the video that I watched in the tunnel this morning. I quite liked that City out atletico Atletico. Like, that's great. I mean, Simeone being given a bit of a taste of his own money was just gloriously satisfying. Um and I think it showed an edge to Manchester City that they've lacked. And I think if they go on to win the Premier League this season and they go on to win the Champions League this season, it will be because they've added that nastiness. They've added that little bit of edge. We saw that edge against us at the Emirates earlier this season when Rodrigo scored. We've seen it. Um, and I think that that's been what's missing from a, a fairly sometimes lightweight um, to, sometimes they roll over as they did against Chelsea and, they, and if the, at the highest level, if you want to win things, you know, you've got, to, you've got to have that edge and that brashness. And I think that that's what's been missing from this City team. And Pep maybe has finally got that into his side. Grealish um, is a character, <laughs> uh, certainly a character, proper wind-up merchant. And, you know, there's, a li there's something enjoyable about it because it's not aimed at me <laughs> as one fact. And you're seeing it happen with, with others, specifically Simeone's team. But yeah, it's, uh, how do I feel about it? 
I feel fine about it. Um, it's part of the game, I think. You know, it's part of what happens. And uh, yeah, I hate when uh, I I can't remember, I can't give credit to the person who tweeted this, but someone tweeted saying, "I hate it when um, I hate it when commentators say these are scenes that we don't like to see because we love to see these kind of scenes." And you know, that, that's that's what that's what part of makes it so entertaining. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was enjoying it very much so. Savik says, chances of an out and out of the blue signing. Oh, very high. Very, very high. I would be shocked if we don't sign someone that we're not talking about right now or someone that we haven't talked about for a long, 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 long time. It just It's just what happens. Sometimes things come out the blue. Think about the Chambers deal. Think about the Matt Ryan deal. Things just happen sometimes very quickly and without much knowledge going on. Uh, that, I mean, you describe them as the perfect transfer when they're able to be done without anything being mentioned whatsoever uh olu says he is definitely the overrated not worth 56 million this is chic in a million years never scored more than 13 goals in a season before this year andrea says is man united still an attractive club and will arsenal be able to compete for the likes of new years without champions league football scared about ten Hag. um yeah absolutely man united is still an attractive club for i mean they're arguably alongside real madrid the most successful team at liverpool now of course too the biggest clubs in the world I think Liverpool will overtake them um, as one of the biggest clubs in the world. Real Madrid will remain outright, of course. But uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Man United are still an attractive club for players to look to join, as are managers, clearly, with Ten Hag. Uh, Nunez and the chance to compete for him, I think, will depend on Champions League football. We'll wait and see. Matt G says, how many times was Nunez offside against Liverpool last night? Was it 17 or 74? I didn't actually watch the Liverpool game because I was watching the City game. So I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I suppose that's bad of me because I should have been watching Nunez. But it was so entertaining to watch the City game that uh, I didn't. So if he was offside loads, it's an area of his game that he needs to... Uh, <laughs> it's an area of his game he needs to improve on, it seems. Uh, Noel says, is it weird that I don't see us winning against Southampton, but we can't afford to lose? It's not weird. How can I blame anyone for not being confident about playing Southampton? We haven't looked like a team that can win a football match in the last two games, so I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, Nat Nail says, Tom, do you think Patrick Schick is a better fit for us than Darwin Nunez? Because I do, and his experience is a plus. I do. Yeah, I think that Patrick Schick's experience, his age, would fit perfectly into what we want to achieve in the next few years um and then we'd go and sign another player to replace him in a few years time nunez is still a bit raw and maybe we do need a little bit of cutting edge and more refinedness which you would find in Schick's game over nunez adam says tom don't you think that Xhaka doesn't understand that the initial booing versus crystal palace was because of him taking ages to walk off the pitch adam as someone who was there and with the people around me uh, what was being said around me was not savoury, uh, even as he was taken off the pitch. And yes, he was walking during a moment where you know we were trying to get back into the game. Um, it was still really uncomfortable and really not nice. Um, I, in the piece I wrote about this yesterday, I remain that I still remain on the fence about the idea of booing and whether or not booing is an acceptable kind of thing. Because I don't know how else you show your displeasure as a fan in the stadium. And, you know, you've paid your ticket. You've got your right to go. Is booing disrespectful? Is booing wrong? Um, it's a really interesting debate. Because, you know, in that moment, it would be very difficult to not see what happened as disrespectful. Um, and the way and the level of booing and the level of and, and the energy of it as well. And what was accompanying it too. Which from the people sitting around me wasn't nice at all. So in that moment, 
it makes you think that booing is wrong and you know it should be discouraged but at the same time after that game against Brighton how else are the Arsenal fans meant to show their displeasure at that performance except to boo obviously that's more of a collective focusing it on one specific player maybe that's where the line is drawn it's it's a really tricky discussion but I understand where you're coming from about the walking off the pitch element but you know it, it got to a level that was unacceptable um and that's for sure. Simon says, TC, what's your opinion on the antics of the Atletico players last night's game? Uh, look, City got out. City got exactly what I thought would happen if they were going to try and play that way. Look, City were at it as well. Foden rolling back onto the pitch, Simon. Like, it's tactical. He knew what he was doing um, without a shadow of a doubt. But yes, yeah, some of the, the behaviour of some of the players, in particular Stefan Savage, was disgusting. Headbutting Raheem Sterling, dragging Foden back off the pitch. You know, all of these things... They're, they're things that are against the, the sporting nature of the game. This, but still, it's, you know, it's drama. And I, I, you enjoy the, the theatrics sometimes. And I certainly enjoyed it uh, at the end of the game. Uh, Daz says, is Arteta right in convincing a player that already decided to move on? I pity Xhaka. Had to go through abuse. But why to convince someone as it contradicts what Arteta said he doesn't want to? Uh, I think it. Con- I don't think it contradicts Daz at all because I think that when Arteta's talking about you know that element, he's talking about kind of the disciplinary breaches of players, as we've mentioned, like Genduzi, like Aubameyang. The reason why Xhaka wanted to leave was was for different reasons, very very different reasons. I think it also showed, in in a sense, with Arteta, his ability to convince players. We've already seen it with following Balogun as well, if you remember. We've already seen it with the contracts that we're seeing signed: Martinelli, Saka, Tierney, Smith Rowe. You know, he's able to convince these players, Balogun, of course, as well, to to sign these deals, to convince them that Arsenal is the right place for them to be. And that's a, a really good quality for a coach to have. Lots of things need to be improved about Arteta. That's without a shadow of a doubt. But there are certainly some huge benefits that we've had from his ability to convince players when he needs them to stay. Aubameyang was, of course, in that in that crowd as well. Neil says, Tom, does not on-the-pitch issues affect points and game? Off-field doesn't. I understand it affects the dressing room. That is where the manager needs to manage. Absolutely. And that's why I said that I was frustrated that Xhaka didn't take responsibility at the end of that interview to some of the on-field mistakes that he has made. What I do think, though, is that his, the benefits of Granit Xhaka is always, is always, to an element, balanced out at least those issues with the red cards and the penalties that were given away. Um, people certainly underrate how good he is as a player and how hard he works and how much of a leader he is because of those mistakes. Because, you know, there's a block, there's a refusal to look at the positives because we're so frustrated with the negatives. Again, if we got the chance to upgrade on him, I absolutely would do it because it would be silly not to. Um, but he is a player that I still feel is is not appreciated for a footballing level of what he provides to the team. And I think, you know, across the last two seasons, You'd have to say that he uh, he's up. I mean, especially last season, he was our best central midfielder, even when Partey was here. This season, especially in 2022, Partey's overtaken him there. But uh, yeah, last season, he was our best central midfielder. So, and he was an asset uh, during a difficult season. So who knows? Uh, Angsel says, what did you make of Nunez's game? I didn't watch it, so I can't tell you. I'm afraid I was watching the City Atletico game. Uh, the Harry Thomas says, morning, Tom. How much do you reckon this team improves with a striker? Do you see us near the top four? It can't just be a striker. A striker improves us, sure, but we need depth. We need quality. We need a central midfielder. We need the two, the two key positions, a striker and central midfield. Getting two world-class players, I mean, certainly two 
uh, two world-class players and a top-class player in addition to another forward, you know, in, in the forward line. And you're in a position of much healthier competition of where Arsenal need to be. But uh, yeah, we need to make sure that we've added those two. And once we've done that and added to the depth of the team and seen this team develop more as well with another year older with these players, there's real potential for the team to to be a coiled spring about to uh, about to unleash its energy. Amara says, uh, we've said in the past that we don't know what kind of midfielder Xhaka is. Seeing how well he's been playing recently, is it fair to say Arteta has brought out the best in him in his Arsenal career? I think we've seen the best from Xhaka during his uh, tenure with Mikel Arteta. Especially, I like him in this role. I don't think this role is tailor-made for him, but I think we're seeing the, the best parts of him when we're playing with everyone available. When Partey's available you know those two together when Xhaka plays that role I think you see the best from him um I think you see what he's capable of but I've always said that the the biggest compliment Xhaka has is the difficulty it takes to replace him the difficulty it takes to find a central midfielder who's genuinely better than him is is not an easy task um is it worth spending 50 million pounds on a Ruben Neves to replace him no because the improvement isn't it's not worth that you've invested. We're going to have to find a really, really good central midfielder to upgrade on him. Um, and that's a testament to him. Let's scroll down the chat a little bit more. I feel like I'm missing loads of questions that are coming in at the same time. Uh, Andrea says, do you think Balogun is ready to become our backup striker? Not yet. I would put him as third choice still. We need to sign two forwards in the summer. Chris says, we should buy a strong left back and Nuno play in a 3-5-2 formation, not a 4-4-2. Um, Bismarck says Tom on what upset you in Xhaka's interview Xhaka doesn't hide this is not an excuse for him but he doesn't hide during games like other weak mentality players myself I am proud of Xhaka yeah absolutely like it's a it's a quality that you have to appreciate my issue was just the lack of accountability for some of the mistakes and they are mistakes that have been made Lynn says I think booing is a form of abuse. There shouldn't be any reason for this, and the ref should deal with it. I don't know how you deal with it, to be honest. I don't think how I don't think it's something you can police, to be fair, because if you've got thousands of people booing, um, it's it's not something you can easily police, to be honest. Uh, Axel says, I think sometimes a fan we need to trust the people in charge. I'm not a fan of Xhaka, and mean we can get better. But Wenger, Emery, and Arteta all fancy Xhaka as a key player and person. Uh, and I mean, you look at the play other managers that have wanted him. I mean, he'd been linked with Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid in the past. He's been linked with Jose Mourinho at Roma. He's a player that is appreciated by top coaches across Europe. Um, and that's factual. That's just how it is. He is wanted. He is appreciated. So that is a big, big tell in, in the story of Granit Xhaka. Priyank says, Tom, what do you think of the new Champions League proposal? I'm really surprised our coefficient is 11 Liverpool is 15. If rule is applied, Arsenal will guarantee a place here. I don't like it. I want Arsenal to be in the Champions League, yes, but I want us to be there because we've earned it, not because we've been, you know, not because we've just been shoehorned into it because we have historical merit. We've never won the competition. How can how can there be a historical merit of Arsenal over the likes of Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa? They deserve to be in the Champions League more than Arsenal do. Easily, they've won the whole thing. We can't say we've done that. So I find it mad. Um, I find it really strange, to be honest. Um, that I find it odd that, you know, that anyone could sit there and be like, yeah, great. This is how the Champions League is going to be now. No, this is not what it is. This is a glorified Super League. This is everything that we fought to, to stop from happening. It's everything that UEFA 
found so despicable about the Super League. It's not. The fact, what they found despicable is that they thought that they were being, you know, the, the big teams were going to break away, create their own league. UEFA stuck in the mud. Financially impacted by that Super League decision when in fact, the whole time have been planning their own Super League. And that's that's the reality. UEFA are hypocritical. They're hypocritical beyond measure. Harvey says, do you think we will look outside of England mostly for cheaper options? I don't know because one thing under one thing about uh, Mikel Arteta is that he's changed the way in which we've recruited to look inwards in England. Ramsdale, Ben White, you know, we've looked more within England when we signed Willian. I know it's Willian, but it's, you know, he came from another Premier League team again. So you have to say that we are still looking inwards. Matt Ryan, of course, came in from Brighton. So we have been looking inwards more uh, than we have done in the past to the Premier League and specifically to English options too. So it's not to say that we will do that to look for cheaper options. I'm sure we will look abroad because we've had success. We're bringing in players from abroad. But at the same time, I think there is more scope for us to look also within the Premier League because that's something that has changed under Mikel Arteta. Abbe says, Mikel Moreno for the left centre mid spot could be perfect. Already has Premier League experience. What are your thoughts? I have said a number of times that I like Mikel Moreno and I think he'd be a very good option and the leadership qualities as well that he would bring to the team would also be very strong. Paul says, Forrest and Villa have never won the Champions League. Our continuous ECL qualification gives us crazy coefficient. They've won the European Cup, which is the same thing. It's what the Champions League was, Paul. It's the same thing. That's why when you talk about how many Champions Leagues Liverpool has won, you take into account the number of European Cups that have, uh, that have been won. It was a harder competition to win when they won it as well. You only had the winners. So they have won the Champions League. It's the same thing. It's the same competition. So they deserve to be in it more than us because they've won it. It's as simple as that. Jeremy says, have our fans always been this fickle and impatient? A couple of weeks ago, talking about Arteta's manager of the year, and now people are calling him a fraud and writing off our season with eight games left. I haven't written off the season. I think it's going to be very, very difficult, but I haven't written it off. Are fans fickle? No. Uh, I think that you're seeing people that wrote or are writing off Arteta are the people that have always written off Arteta, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not seeing anyone that's been majorly you know, Arteta in, if you like, which is a ridiculous label anyway, suddenly changing their mind. I'm not seeing that at all. I'm not seeing people change their mind rapidly, to be fair. Uh, I think you're seeing people criticise, and that's fine. Criticism is fine. I think there's rightful criticism after that Brighton game and after the Crystal Palace game. Mistakes by Arteta have been made. You can't say that they haven't. You know, he was directly responsible for that loss against Brighton because of the mistakes that he made with his team selection and tactics and in-game management. So I don't think it's about fickleness, this. I don't think that's the right words. I think that we're judging a fan base by looking at individuals as a reflection of a wider group of people, which isn't accurate. So if anything, you know, I think the fan base... Within it, there are always people that have felt that Arteta is not the right person and are enjoying us losing. And I think that there are people like myself that have certainly appreciated a lot of what's happened this season and a lot, a lot of the positives that we've seen that are now criticising, quite rightly, because mistakes have been made. And that's what we do. Bad things happen, we criticise. Good things happen, we praise. Because Arsenal comes before anyone else, before anyone else. So you criticise, you praise. It's part of what being a fan is. 
Amandeep says, is it arrogance, confidence or naivety if Xhaka starts at left back? It's not arrogance. Again, we talked about this yesterday. Arrogance is a word that's thrown around far too freely uh, to describe Mikel Arteta. Arteta's not an arrogant manager. Arteta is very often a naive manager. Uh, he has got a lot of inexperienced naivety about him. Not, It's not arrogance. Stubbornness, sure. But stubbornness is an arrogance. They're two very different things. Stubbornness might be in the way that he thinks he's got an idea of it working and he's going to stick with that to show that it works. That's stubbornness. Naivety is so making some of those decisions, realizing that it's not going to benefit us. It's naivety. Arrogance is very, very different. So uh, naivety, uh, I would go for if he starts Shaka at left back again. Uh, Sojo Go So Slow says, uh, <laughs> do you like anyone with the right qualities to replace Xhaka? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots out there that are better. Frankie de Jong, I would absolutely take. But are you going to see him leave Barcelona for us? Probably not. It's very, very unlikely. Fabian Ruiz, I think, is a better version of Granit Xhaka as well. Mikel Moreno, who was talked about earlier, is another really good option for Arsenal as well. He won't be as appreciated, that's for sure. Um, if you look further... Tillemans is a player that I think is having a poor season, but you know, based on raw quality, could take that position to the next level for Arsenal in the way in which he plays very differently to Granit Xhaka. It's different qualities. It's not necessarily an upgrade in regards to what Xhaka does, but I think he would elevate that position because of the qualities that he flourishes in. So yeah, there absolutely is. Paul says, sorry, Tom, the coefficient has only been in existence since the inception of the Champions League. We fought the Super League only for UEFA to bring it in by stealth. Uh, I know the coefficients have been, but the Champions League is still the European Cup pool. They are still the same thing. Uh, and I'm saying that them picking coefficients is wrong. I'm not saying that Aston Villa or uh, Nottingham Forest should have a coefficient higher than Arsenal. The coefficient system is a load of BS. Like it's, it's just, It just is. It's a load of rubbish. It should be done based upon merit. If you're going to do it that way, do it properly. Do it properly by giving teams that have won the competition the chance to go into the competition. I don't think that's the way it should be done, but if you are going to do it, you have to do it properly. Um, Daz says, if you are in charge of Arsenal's summer signs with 150 million available, who do you bring in? Uh, I bring in Cody Gakpo. I bring in Jonathan David. I bring in... Oh, the midfield's so hard. <laughs> the midfield's really difficult. Uh, I will lean towards Tielemans uh, or... A Fabian Ruiz, either of those two I like a lot. I don't go with Ruben Neves. And I think that left-back is an interesting discussion. Then there's an interesting discussion to be had. I would look at someone like Baum, who's at uh, Hoffenheim. Uh, he's having a fantastic season. Would certainly add a lot for offensive qualities to the team. Uh, I might look at Grimaldo at Benfica. Uh, who else might I look at? Mm, I might look at... I'm trying to think of Premier League options now. That could be possibilities at a left back role. Nothing's really coming to mind. Maybe people have got ideas. Castagna I like a lot, but I'm not sure he's the right player to come to Arsenal. Uh, Daniel says, uh, will we need to identify a wide forward who we can convert to a centre forward? Yes. Yes. And his name is Cody Gakpo. I know you're bringing up Marcus Turam. Cody Gakpo is the one for me. Axel says, I think this, uh, the Southampton game is our last chance to enter the top four discussion. If we win this game and go into the Chelsea game with confidence, anything can happen. Tottenham will bottle some games. Let's wait and see. Liam, would I bring, would I bring back Genduzzi? I can't. He's gone. He has been sold to Marseille. That deal is done. Finished. Over. He cannot be recalled. He cannot be brought back. He has gone. 
So I'm sorry. But uh, and I wouldn't bring him out back under Mikel Arteta because uh, it's pointless. It's not going to work. If we had a different manager, yeah, I would have been up for bringing him back. But he's gone. It's done. It's over. Sorry, Liam. Uh, anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys are doing well. And uh, drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel as well. I will see you tomorrow morning. Uh, and we'll also have our preview show for the Southampton game in the evening too. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy yourselves. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.